you're listening to the SSPX Podcast. We're happy to present another installment of True Heroes, stories of the lives of the saints delivered by Father Thomas Tam. Father has also put together a video of each of these episodes. You can see the video at sspxpodcast.com. Now, here's Father Tam. Great is the God of the Christians. Great is the God of the Holy Martyrs. I beseech you, the servants of Jesus Christ, to pray for me, that I may join with you in fighting against the devil. St. Boniface of Tarsus. Hello, my friends, and welcome to True Heroes. Today, we're going to talk about the martyr, St. Boniface, who started his life as one of sin, but by the grace of God, turned his life around and ended up dying in the name of Jesus Christ. Just so that you all know, I am outside right now. This is one of the first nice days in upstate New York. So I am taking as much sun in as I can. So you will probably hear, as you probably do at the moment, uh, birds chirping and animals in the background. Uh, Sorry, but I felt like I had to do this today. So Uh, the name Boniface, sorry, comes from two Latin words, that of bonus, which means good, and fatum, which means fortune. So Boniface would mean good fortune. Let us begin his story. There lived at Rome about the beginning of the fourth century, a certain lady called Agle, that's A-G-L-A-E, young, beautiful, and well-born, and so rich and fond of making a figure in the world that she had entertained the city three separate times with public shows at her own charge. Her chief steward was one called Boniface. This man, though addicted to wine and all kinds of debauchery, was, however, remarkable for three good qualities, hospitality, liberality, and compassion. Whensoever he saw a stranger or a traveler, he would assist him very cordially, and he used to go about the streets and into the public places in the nighttime and relieve the poor according to whatever they needed. Regardless, for several years, this sinful life of his continued. Eventually, though, Aglae, touched with a motion of divine grace and feeling some contrition within herself, called Boniface to her and thus opened her mind to him. Quote, You are sensible how deep we are plunged in vice, without reflecting that we must appear before God to give an account of all our actions. I have heard some say that they who honor those who suffer for the sake of Jesus Christ shall have a share in their glory. In the East, the servants of Jesus Christ every day suffer torments and lay down their lives for his sake. Go thither then and bring me the relics of some of those conquerors that we may honor their memories and be saved by their assistance." Boniface gave in to the proposal, and having raised a considerable sum of money to purchase the bodies of the martyrs from their executioners, and to distribute among the poor, said to Aglae on his departure, quote, I will not fail to bring back with me the relics of martyrs, if I find any, but what if my own body should be brought to you as that of a martyr? Unquote. She reproved him for jesting a matter so serious. The steward set out, but was now entirely a new man, penetrated with sentiments of compunction. In all that long journey from Rome into the east, he neither ate meat nor drank wine, and his fast he accompanied with prayers, tears, and penitential works. 
The church at that time enjoyed peace in the West, but in the East, the persecution, which had been begun by Diocletian, was carried out with great cruelty by Galerius Maximianus and at Maximinus Dea. It raged most fiercely in Cilicia under an inhuman governor named Simplicius. Boniface therefore directed his journey to Tarsus. You will remember that Tarsus is the city where St. Paul came from. Before he was converted and named St. Paul, he was known as Saul of Tarsus. So this is just along the southern coast of Asia, right along the Mediterranean. He no sooner arrived at the city, but alighting, he sent away all his servants with the horses to an inn, and went himself straight to the court of the governor, whom he found seated on his tribunal, and many holy martyrs suffering under their tortures. One was hanged up by the feet with his head over a fire, another stretched almost to the tearing of his limbs on four planks or stakes, a third sawed asunder, a fourth had his hands cut off, a fifth was fixed to the ground by a stake run through his neck. A sixth having his hands and feet tied behind him, the executioners were beating him with clubs. There were no less than twenty tortured after this cruel manner. The sight whereof shocked the beholders, while their courage and resolution filled them with amazement. Boniface went boldly up to these champions of Christ, and having saluted them, cried out, quote, Great is the God of the Christians, great is the God of the holy martyrs. I beseech you, the servants of Jesus Christ, to pray for me, that I may join with you in fighting against the devil. Unquote. The governor thought himself insulted by so bold an action in his presence, and asked him in great wrath who he was. The martyr answered that he was a Christian, and that having Jesus Christ for his master, he feared nothing the governor could inflict to make him renounce that sacred name. Simplicius, in a rage, ordered some reeds to be sharpened and thrust under his fingernails. And this being done, he commanded boiling lead to be poured into his mouth. Boniface, after having called upon Jesus Christ for his assistance, begged the prayers of the other expiring martyrs, who all joined in putting up their petitions to God for him. The people, disgusted with so much cruelty, began to raise a tumult and cried out, Great is the God of the Christians. Simplicius was alarmed and withdrew. The next day, being seated on his tribunal, he ordered Boniface to be brought before him a second time. The martyr appeared constant and undaunted. The judge commanded him to be cast into a cauldron of boiling pitch, but he came out without receiving any hurt. Lastly, he was condemned to lose his head, and after a short prayer for the pardon of his sins and the conversion of his persecutors, he cheerfully presented his neck to the executioner. His companions, in the meantime not finding him, returned to the inn, searched for him in those parts of the city where they thought him most likely to be found. Being at last informed by the jailer's brother that a stranger had been beheaded the day before for his faith in Christ, and being shown the dead body and the head, they assured him that it was the very person they were in search of, and besought him to bestow the martyr's relics upon them. This he refused to do without a reward, so they paid him five hundred pieces of silver, and having embalmed it, carried it home with them, praising God for the happy end of the blessed martyr. 
Meanwhile, back in Rome, Agle was informed by an angel of Boniface's martyrdom and the return of his relics to Rome. Agle gave God thanks for his victory, and taking some priests with her, met the corpse with tapers and perfumes half a mile out of Rome on the Latin road. And in that very place raised a monument in which she laid them, and some years after built a chapel. She from that time led a penitential retired life, and dying 15 years after, was buried near his relics. From the life of St. Boniface, we learn that by the grace of God, no matter how sinful one may have been, anyone can return to God. It may be a long road, like St. Augustine's. It may be a very sudden and quick road, like St. Boniface's. Regardless, as long as a soul has God on his side and prays for his salvation, that soul's entrance into heaven is assured. Thank you all for joining me today. Tomorrow we will look at the life of St. John Baptiste de La Salle, the founder of the Brothers of the Christian Schools, dedicated to the education of the poor. Until then, God bless you all, my friends. St. Boniface of Tarsus, pray for us.